3: Praise be to God. We're going to have a great show for you today. Good morning to you. Hopefully you got your coffee, getting yourself awake, getting yourself on the way. I've got, I don't know, I'm 10 ounces into it anyway. But I've got great news to share with you. Praise be to God. Yesterday, my daughter-in-law, Eva, and my son, Stephen, welcomed their second son into the world. Praise be to God. Edwin is his name. He's incredible. He's beautiful, of course. But he's got to be one of the most content. She has nothing but content children, apparently, because uh, they come out smiling and just bright and just calm and serene. I don't know. I'm thinking uh, my kids were a little on the other side of that spectrum. But anyway, praise be to God. Uh, Grandfather twice over now. Praise be to God for it. So congratulations to my son and, and their... And their family. But uh, today on the program, uh, Dr. Stacey Trasankos is returning to the show. She is with Children of God, Children for God, Children of God for Life. I'll get it right eventually. Childrenofgodforlife.org, C-O-G-F-O-R-L-I-F-E.org is the website. And we're going to be talking about uh, aborted babies used in science, vaccines, but beyond that. And I've had her on the program in the past. She's an incredible guest, and I'm looking forward to her expertise on the subject. And then, of course, uh, we're having Christine Niles return to the program today with Church Militant. She has some breaking news from a a story that kind of goes back a few years now uh, about a priest who uh, allegedly committed suicide, but it looks – I think the family is pretty convinced, and I think the evidence is starting to show – that uh, it was more than suicide, it was murder. So Christine Alice is going to be on the program to discuss that information on the show as well. So it's going to be jam-packed, plus, of course, breaking news and stories, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We're going to have the... uh after show, the game show, all of that today on Catholic Drive Time. We're very excited. Good morning to you, Emily Alcaraz.
0: Good morning, Joe, and a big congratulations to your family. I Thank saw you. the pictures, and Edwin is so stinking cute. He's adorable.
3: Yes. Amen. <laughs> Praise be to God. Yes, he is, in fact. Very stinking cute. It's true. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: speaking of stinking or speaking of cute? <laughs> uh,
3: uh, ladies'
4: choice. I'll, I'll leave it to you to decide. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, the, what I was going to Say was I was going to ask you, Joe? Uh, how does it feel to be old, being a oh, grandfather?
3: Oh, wow! Oh. Wait, what's your name again? I forget. Just had yeah. to put a damper. <laughs> <laughs> well, between the the balding going on and the blinding going on and the gray hairs, you know, God's will be done. And two in grandkids all now, and two grandkids into it. God's will be done in all things. Praise be to God. It's going to be a packed show today. Pretty excited, uh, and, and we get to give stuff away too. The, oh, we'll give the prize away tomorrow, but. Three more chances in the coffee cup of divine providence to win the prize this week, and uh, who's our our prize this week?
0: This week's sponsor is Just Love Prints, and that is a ministry run by a Catholic artist called Lindsay Trayson. She's giving away a beautiful print of the Holy Family in the, at the Nativity.
3: Yeah, praise be to God for that. Oh, good news. Breaking news. You heard it here first. Adrian, we have some great news to share about our podcast. Oh, I have even better news than you think. Uh So... I got
4: notice uh, last night around 10 o'clock that our podcast is now listed on everywhere that you get podcasts. So if you uh, have an iPhone, a uh, Google phone, uh, uh, whatever phone you have, or tablet, device, computer, uh, whatever podcast service you use, you can find us now at Catholic Drive Time uh, and any podcast service that you use.
3: Even Spotify? Even Spotify. Praise be to God. So do us a favor, dear listener, and subscribe to the Catholic Drive Drive Time podcast, the Catholic Drive Time podcast, wherever you get your podcast feeds from, please do find us there and subscribe. It would really help us to grow the the base, the audience. All right, let's jump into the prayer. We have a lot to dive into this hour. I hope that you'll join us for at least uh, some of it, if not all of it, and uh, praise be to God for it. Let's ask Our Lady to intercede for you and for us by whispering these intentions into the ear of her Son. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen.
0: The New Mexico State Senate has passed a bill to decriminalize assisted suicide, which the states Catholic bishops had strongly opposed. The bill, known as the Elizabeth Whitefield End of Life Options Act, allows licensed physicians, physicians, assistants and nurses to prescribe a lethal drug to people with a terminal illness and the ability to self-administer the drug. The states of California, Colorado, Hawaii, Montana, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington, plus the District of Columbia, have already legalized assisted suicide. Archbishop John Wester of Santa Fe earlier this month decried the proposed law as the worst in the nation and a threat to the vulnerable. Under the bill, those with non-terminal issues such as mental health disorders or intellectual disabilities may also request assisted suicide after further medical evaluation by a mental health professional. A district court in Japan has ruled that the government's failure to acknowledge same-sex marriage is a violation of the constitution. A Sapporo district court said the government's definition of marriage was discriminatory and violated constitutional protections for equal treatment under the law. However, the court ruling does not automatically change the country's legal definition of marriage. To do so would require legislation by parliament which has previously refused to enact such legislation. Advocates of so-called same-sex marriage say they will now push for Parliament to redefine marriage in the country of Japan. Current Japanese law does not acknowledge same-sex marriage, but does not expressly prohibit it either. And a father in Canada has been jailed after referring to his gender dysphoric daughter by her biological pronouns. The warrant was issued by a judge for the arrest of Robert Hoogland after calling his biologically female child his daughter and referring to her with the pronouns she and her. Hoogland was found to be in contempt of court and on Tuesday at 10am Vancouver time, Hoogland surrendered himself to the court in response to the Attorney General of British Columbia's warrant, his arrest for contempt. He was then arrested and jailed. Hoogland opposes his child's undergoing gender-affirmative medical procedures and has stated this opposition again and again in the hope of saving his child from irreversible harm. The Canadian medical system, the legal system, and the child's mother are pressing ahead with the so- social and medical transition of the child. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Thursday morning headlines through a Catholic lens.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things St. Alexander of Jerusalem. Pray for Us, born in the 3rd century. He studied in Alexandria, Egypt. He was a fellow student with the infamous Origen, somebody we kind of speak about or quote quite often here on the program. He was a bishop of Cappadocia, imprisoned from 204 to 211 for his faith during the persecutions of Severus. But afterwards, when he was released, he made his way to Jerusalem. He was coadjutor bishop of Jerusalem with Saint Narcissus in 212 and censured for encouraging Origen to teach in churches while still a layman. He developed a large theological library. He was imprisoned again during the persecutions of Decius. And then uh, when given a chance to save himself by denouncing Christianity, Saint Alexandria of Jerusalem made a public pronouncement of his faith. He was thrown to the wild animals, but they refused to attack him. He was re-imprisoned and Alexander died in chains from general maltreatment and is considered a martyr of the faith he died in about 251 in caesarea saint alexander of jerusalem pray for us the gospel comes to us today from john chapter 5 verses 31 through 47. jesus said to the jews if i testify on my own behalf my testimony is not true but there is another who testifies on my behalf and I know that the testimony he gives on my behalf is true. You sent emissaries to John, and he testified to the truth. I do not accept human testimony, but I say this so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and for a while you were content to rejoice in his light. But I have testimony greater than John's. The works. That the Father gave me to accomplish these works that I perform testify on my behalf, that the Father has sent me. Moreover, the Father who sent me has testified on my behalf, but you have never heard his voice nor seen his form, and you do not have his word remaining in you, because you do not believe in the one whom he sent You search the scriptures because you think you have eternal life through them. Even they testify on my behalf, but you do not want to come to me to have life. I do not accept human praise. Moreover, I know that you do not have the love of God in you. I came in the name of my Father, but you do not accept me. Yet, if another comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe when you accept praise from one another and do not seek the praise that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who will accuse you is Moses, in whom you have placed your hope. For if you had believed Moses, you would have believed me because he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? The Gospel of the Lord.
5: <laughs> Praise
4: to you,
3: Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, could you just, ima- just sit there. Close your eyes for a moment, unless you're driving, and of course, don't close your eyes. But just imagine standing there listening to Jesus say these things. And then hear the words, look him in the eye. Can you see his eyes? Look him in the eye. And hear him say to you, but you do not want to come to me to have life. Uh, ouch could you imagine watching our lord say these things I, I, my heart drops just thinking about it this, this whole chapter john chapter 5 is a sledgehammer to the heart of a stiff-necked people and i'm talking about you and me it is so incredible to read the, this passage and to uh, and to not have your heart skip a beat in the process. Now they don't believe Jesus, and Jesus is is uh, is refuting these Jews, and he's giving them just the what for here. Now in the Jewish custom, in the Jewish law, you had to have two or three witnesses to testify in your behalf. Now Jesus is all about the testimony in this passage, but he gives you more than two or three. He gives you at least four. And he doesn't accept human testimony necessarily, except for he references John the Baptist testified to him. Okay, you don't like that one? How about this? How about the miracles I I wrought? You you don't like that one either. How about God the Father has testified on my behalf? Oh, what about the scriptures? Well, Moses spoke of me. In fact, Moses wrote of me. Now, I I love that, by the way. Just a little side note, a little rabbit hole. I love the fact that Jesus sort of affirms here that Moses is the primary author of the law of, the, of the, the Torah, right? Uh, of the, uh, the first five books in the canon. You know, so a modern uh, sort of biblical criticism sort of put, puts Moses off to the side. But here Jesus seems to suggest Moses is the primary author. I love it. It's fantastic. Now, why can't they see Jesus as the Messiah? What's blocking them? Well, their lack of love of God. Their desire for human glory their misunderstanding of the scriptures. I mean even St. Peter says in uh, 2 Peter 3:16, speaking of St. Paul's writings, that we twist these scriptures to our own desc- destruction. Here's what Saint. Jose Maria Escriva says about our ability to not see Jesus for who He really is. St Escriva says, "Purify yourself. make your sight sharper with humility and penance." Then the pure light of love will not fail you, and you will have perfect vision. The image you see will really be His, Jesus Himself. Saint Jose Maria Escriva. Powerful opportunity today for us to make a decision: Will we come to Jesus for life? Do we accept others who come in their own names? Do we believe everyone else but deny Jesus? Do we deny the truth that He has given to us through His Holy uh, Apostolic and and uh, His church, his Catholic church? Well, this Lent, we have another opportunity. We have a chance today, while there's breath in our lungs, to make a decision. A decision to believe the testimony. A a decision to believe Jesus himself. And let's let that decision transform our life. Don't go anywhere. On the other side of this break, Christine Niles, Church Militant, will be on with us. We'll be right back.
1: Seventh-day Adventists use Ecclesiastes 9.10 to argue that souls in heaven aren't cognitively aware of our prayers, because the inspired author says that souls don't have any knowledge in the afterlife. But this objection fails because the inspired author was operating with a limited and vague view of the afterlife, without New Testament revelation. When we come to the New Testament, it's a whole new ballgame. Consider Revelation 5.8, where 24 presbyters, human souls, surround Jesus and offer Him the prayers of Christians on earth in the form of incense. How could they do this if they weren't cognitively aware of all those prayers? So just because an Old Testament passage speaks of the afterlife in a way that's not compatible with the intercession of the saints? It doesn't follow that the Catholic doctrine is proven unbiblical. I'm Carlo Brusard with the ready reason for Catholic
3: Answers, Catholic.com. Hi, Joe McClain here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Captain Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Coming up in about 18 minutes or so from now, Dr. Stacy Trosenko's from Children of God for Life is going to be our guest. We're going to talk about the use of aborted babies in science, vaccines, but more than just vaccines. Uh, it's kind of bigger than that. And Dr. Stacey Trusankos will be on to discuss that, plus catch us up on the vaccine-related stories. Uh, so stick around for that if you're able to. But joining us right now via Zoom chat is uh, returning to the show, our good friend Christine Niles from Church Militant. Good morning to you, Christine. Good morning. How are you? Praise God, I am alive. And that counts.
6: Thanks for having me back on.
3: Yeah, it's good to see you. Now, you've got, there's a story out of Buffalo, New York. It goes back years now, I guess, about a priest who, uh, I think the story originally started as he committed suicide, but the evidence seems to suggest something else, and you you have some breaking news on this story.
6: Yes, this is something that we spent more than a year looking into. It's about the death of Father Joseph Marino. He was a very popular, beloved priest in the Diocese of Buffalo, and um he, uh was found dead in his bedroom on October 13, thousand twelve, with a gunshot wound right here to the top of his head, and it was immediately ruled a suicide. But there are so many inconsistencies in the circumstances surrounding his death. Uh, we, you know, we actually traveled to Buffalo. We recreated the crime scene with, you know, experts. We spoke to forensic scientists and pathologists with the family, with witnesses. We examined the evidence, and everything points to something other than a suicide. I don't want to give away too much, but this is a very big um, documentary that we're releasing tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern time on our website, www.truthbilton.com. And you know, I, I, he was a whistleblower who was about to blow the lid off corruption in the diocese essentially. And he was actually about to go travel to see Archbishop Vigano just a few days later with a dossier full of all the information about corruption and sex abuse and pedophilia and everything in the diocese and uh, he was silenced before he could do so so you know i hope people will tune in tonight i spent a lot of time on this um, you know it's it's like 40 minutes long it's very involved but it's it's fascinating and this priest he really needs he he needs vindication um, and so our hope with this documentary is we're going to send it to the um local da We're going to send it to the New York attorney general. We already have national media interested in doing their own investigations. Like CBS has has expressed interest, NBC, Dateline. Um, But the hope is that on his um, uh, medical report, it says suicide as manner of death. Mm. Our hope is that with all the findings and speaking with experts and recreation of the crime scene, they will change the manner of death to homicide and then which will force a local prosecutor to launch a criminal investigation to find out who was Father Marino's killer. So that is tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern Time at churchmilitant.com.
3: Churchmilitant.com. We'll post a link to it as well. What year was what? What year did he pass?
6: 2012.
3: So that so when he was going to see Vigano, Vigano was then the uh, the nuncio, papal nuncio was, to the United States. Correct. Correct. Oh wow, so. it's kind of a kind of a big deal there, and so. His death is suspicious at best. You'll probably shed more light on that tonight uh, during the. Uh, what, what has been the reception about this story in the community itself in Buffalo? How do the Catholics in Buffalo feel about uh, Father and his passing? Do they do they do they accept the story of suicide? Do they think it was something more nefarious? What are their What is their take on all of this?
6: I think local Catholics believe that he was killed because just the circumstances make it so impossible for it to be a suicide. And I go into all of that in the, in the documentary, but I think local Catholics believe that he was definitely uh, silenced because he was a whistleblower and a good priest about to, you know, kind of expose all this corruption. Um, And plus Buffalo diocese has been wracked by so many scandals over the past two years. I don't know how familiar, you know, listeners are, but you know, Bishop Malone had to resign a disgrace in 2019 um, because of so many instances of just sex abuse cover-up. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, that network that was active during Father Marino's time in Buffalo is still very active today. And there's some collusion, I believe, with the Buffalo DA's office. The Buffalo Police Department, we actually actually sued the Buffalo Police Department. Wow, It's a FOIA lawsuit, Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, because... They're stonewalling. They refuse to give us the investigative file. So we're currently in a lawsuit with them because they just won't give us any information. So
3: definitely
6: something going on there. Christine, do you you think that um, this investigation, if this blows the
0: cover on what is going on in Buffalo, do you think it'll lead to other investigations, for example, with what's going on with Father Kalchick in Chicago or in Detroit?
6: Gosh, I hope so. I really hope so, because there is so much going on in Chicago. I mean, Chicago's I'd say about a hundred times worse than Buffalo. Um, and Detroit, we've spoken a lot about Detroit. Um, you know, we at Church Mills can only do so much. You know, we're kind of a small team here. I I wish that there was an army, you know, of investigative reporters kind of picking up the ball and doing their own reports and investigations in lots of other dioceses because we do, we need them. We need them.
3: Christine Niles is our guest today. Uh, she is with Church Militant, churchmilitant.com. She has a breaking uh, documentary coming out tonight about this story out of Buffalo. We encourage everybody to go check that out. Will that be available just on the website or will it be on YouTube? Where else will that be?
6: We'll have it on YouTube as well. I mean, we like people to come to our site, churchmilitant.com, because that will be like the highest quality video. But, yeah, we do have a churchmilitant.com YouTube channel where people can watch it as well. So, that again, that's at 6 p.m. Eastern time tonight. At church militant and it's free it's free for everybody so
3: um now there's a couple of other stories too that uh, i think that you've been working on now if i'm not mistaken your role at church militant has somewhat been hyper-focused as of late you're like knee-deep in all of the investigative work is that that true
6: it is, you know, for a while, for about for about five years, I ran and managed the news team. I was head of the news team, and so I was involved in all the daily articles and stories coming out every day. Mm. Um, and I liked doing that, of course. But then um, about a couple of years ago, Voris gave me a promotion and put <laughs> head of head of senior projects, which is the investigative reporting arm of Church Militant, which really I love to do. It gives me time to really delve, uh, you know, deeply into various stories, spend time know, looking into them, producing these documentaries, it's, it's really what I love to do. I don't have to, like, rush around with my hair on fire every day because I'm worried about, is this article up yet? And have you edited this? So, you know, so, <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I'm focused on right now, although I do still love the, the news aspect of things and politics and all that stuff. So I do, do keep up with all that.
3: You know, so, it's interesting to me because we, 2018, the, uh, you know, the McCarrick Summer of Shame that kicked off so much on, you know, so many stories of corruption and scandal throughout the church. And then, of course, we get to 2020 and the pandemic hits, and then things kind of go silent for a long time. But uh, there's still a lot happening within the church from a scandal perspective. What are the stories that are on your radar that you're focusing on from an investigative standpoint?
6: Um, well, this related to McCarrick and Summer of Shame. It's not so much investigative, but it's something I did write on recently. Um, Cardinal World, when it came out that Cardinal World was still getting more than $2 million from the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. What a scandal. I mean, for anybody who followed that story back in 2018, World was forced to resign in disgrace because he was caught in numerous lies about his knowledge of McCarrick's crimes. Mm. You know, I mean, he, we, we got him right there on TV where a, uh, he says, oh, I didn't know anything about, um, you know, any of the allegations about McCarrick and, and priests. Nothing. I didn't. I knew nothing. Um, and then, it, of course, it turns out later that there's proof because of a lawsuit uh, and documentation and, and a victim saying, coming forward saying, you know, I told Cardinal World directly about this. I gave him a letter. I detailed all the, you know, this abuse by McCarrick years ago. And so, um, world had to come back and he basically said, oh, you know, I forgot. <laughs> that, hmm. was his, that was his explanation. Oh, I forgot. Really? He forgot a little pedophilia by your <laughs> right. predator? um And so after a while, after all the clamor, you know, um, the Cardinal World North High School was vandalized. Um, the seminarians didn't want to pose in photos with him. It just became too much of a headache that he was essentially forced to resign in disgrace. And People were hoping that he would go off and lead a quiet life, hopefully of prayer and penance. And apparently that's not really been the case. So um, he, uh, and now it turns out he's getting more than $2 million a year from Catholic donations, donor money, going $2 million to Cardinal World still in um, D.C. And so many Catholics were scandalized by this. So it just makes me wonder, has the church, have we learned anything what f- summer. Now,
0: that's that's an absurd amount of money. It's actually more than that Archdiocese spends on their vocations, we found. So, Christine, do we know where this money is going? Like, what is it being used for?
6: That is a great question, because I, I examined the financial documents to see if, you know, it listed anything. What was this for? We asked the Archdiocese of D.C., what is the money for? And they gave a very vague response. They said, Oh, well, you know, he travels to Rome. Okay. <laughs> okay. We traveled to Rome too. We don't spend anywhere near $2 million. <laughs> uh, that means said something about charitable requests. Well, what does that even mean? You know, l- the fact is World has had a very long history of living luxuriously. He was accused of that in Pittsburgh, you know, uh, lived in this like 39-room mansion. And then he was also accused of that as Archbishop of Washington, DC, you know, lived in a like $42 million penthouse, renov- $12 million renovated. Uh, so It wouldn't surprise me that he's still using the money to lead a lavish lifestyle. And the fact is, Catholics should not stand for this. It's your money going to him. Catholics should be, you know, part of the experience. they should be raising hell over this.
3: Mm. Do we know where he lives right now? Do we know? I don't need his address, but I mean, like, does he live in a palatial mansion or where does does he live right now?
6: My understanding is he moved out of that penthouse, and I I believe he's living in – a mansion where McCarrick used to live. Oh, I see. It's part of D.C. Archdiocesan property. Um, but I, that, I that from what I understand, I think that's where he's living. Yeah, you know, the
3: use of donor dollars, I think, really ought to just concern most Catholics. I mean, I, we've had uh, Hitchborn on from Lepanto Institute on a number of occasions detailing the use of donor dollars to to give to organizations that are terribly against what we believe is Catholics. Did you see uh, the Rocket Man's comments the other day about uh, the Vatican coming out against blessing same-sex marriages? He's like, you can spend millions of dollars on my movie, but you can't, you know? I mean, that, I think that illustrates perfectly the hypocrisy that we're dealing with, with donated money that goes to crazy things.
6: But you know what? Elton John is correct. Yes, I mean, just a couple Elton John said, um, oh, so you can't uh, bless same-sex unions, but you're going to spend millions of dollars on my money, which essentially has... The most explicit gay love scene since Brokeback Mountain, 1.1 million euros of Catholic money from Peter's Pence funneled to this movie, which was a a huge scandal at the time. And it still is a scandal. But, you know, Elton John, I'm sorry, he's correct. There's a double standard. Now, I'm happy that the church came out and they correctly confirmed that you cannot bless same-sex unions. That's absolutely correct. Amen. Because according to the document, God, quote, does not and cannot bless sin, close quote problem today is nobody thinks it's sin anymore, including, unfortunately, some German bishops, because the reason they had to um, issue that letter in the first place was because some German bishops were actually blessing same-sex unions. So the church had to come out and clarify, hey, we can't do this. You can bless individuals, you know, if you struggle with same-sex attraction. Of course you can bless individuals to help them in their struggle. You just can't bless the actual union if it's an active sexual relationship because that's blessing sin and God can't do that. But you know, the problem is that, there's no um, enforcement of that, so the church comes out, it says this, but then German businessmen, others, they do whatever they want, and there's there, there are no consequences essentially.
3: All right, that's going to do it, Miss uh, Christine Niles. Thank you for your time today. Be sure to check out that uh, documentary tonight, churchmilitant.com. What time, Christine?
1: That's at 6, p.m. Eastern time.
3: Six p.m. Eastern. All right. Well, God love you, Christine. We'll see you next time. But don't go anywhere, dear listener. We'll be right back with more kind of Drive Time.
7: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard the complaint that church is boring, that we just do the same things over and over again? Well, the problem is not that church is boring, it's that we are bored. We are the problem. And not just with church, but with everything else. We have lost our childlike sense of wonder. G.K. Chesterton says that children have abounding vitality, and yet they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again, and the grown-up person does it until he's nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exalt in monotony, but perhaps God is strong enough to exalt in monotony. It's possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun, and every evening, do it again to the moon. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org.
4: Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Thursday, March 18th, and these are your headlines for today. The governor of Utah is considering signing a bill that would make pornography filters mandatory and switched on by default on cell phones sold in the state. The bill would require smartphone manufacturers automatically to enable filters on devices activated in Utah that prevent the user from accessing or downloading material that is harmful to minors, which includes pornography. If it passes, the Utah law would take effect on January 1st, 2022. Governor Spencer Cox has until March 25th to decide whether to sign or veto the bill. However, the bill includes a provision that the law can only take effect if five other states pass similar laws. This provision was added after manufacturers and retailers voiced concerns that it would be difficult to implement the filters for just a single state. In 2016, Utah's Senate unanimously approved a resolution declaring pornography addiction a public health crisis. Utah would be the first state to mandate pornography filters for minors if the bill passes. A Northern Ireland Assembly voted in favor Tuesday of a bill which would restrict abortions on the basis of non-fatal disability. Introduced in January by Paul Given, a member of the Democratic Unionist Party, the bill would remove severe fetal impairment as an exception to the country's abortion laws. Presently, Northern Ireland's abortion law, which went into effect almost one year ago, allows elective abortions up to 12 weeks of pregnancy. Abortions up to 24 weeks are legal when the mother's physical or mental health is determined to be at risk. Abortions up until the point of birth are legal in cases of severe fetal impairment or fetal abnormality. Under the current statute, an unborn child who has been diagnosed with a condition such as Down syndrome or cleft palate can be aborted past the 24-week legal limit. The bishops in Northern Ireland have also strongly backed this proposal although Given's bill would still permit late-term abortions in cases of fatal fetal or abnormalities. And a Chilean bishop is urging civil disobedience after several regions of the country went into lockdown again to stop the spread of COVID-19 coronavirus, imposing heavy restrictions on the celebrations of religious ceremonies. Bishop Bernardo, Bernardo Bastres said, quote, It's true that the law prevents us from celebrating our Eucharist in peace, but we believe that when a law is unjust and when it goes against conscience, one can disobey it. And I say this as a bishop and as the person in charge of the Catholic Church of Magallanes. Last week, the government in Chile decided to add 20 cities to the mandatory lockdown list. During his homily on Sunday, Bishop Bastres criticized the measure, urging the faithful to defy the lockdowns and restrictions. The Chilean bishop said, quote, the new restrictions imposed by the national government do not contribute to the spiritual needs of the faithful. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Thursday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise,
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date. Uh, don't forget, the Catholic Drive Time podcast is now, uh, according to uh, Adrian, who has been dubbed stinking cute. Or What did we say earlier, Emily?
0: I thought it was just stinking. <laughs>
3: just, okay, <but> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, Adrian p- promises. What was it, Adrian, that we called you earlier?
4: <laughs> well, first, I'm uh, incredibly offended. Incredibly uh, offended. I, I remember, I just heard cute. I'm cute. just going to say that. All right. We're teasing. And, uh, uh, but no, we adorable. are on... Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't remember.
3: <laughs> we are on, we are wow. on everywhere <laughs> this, available podcast-wise.
4: Yes, we are everywhere <laughs> available podcast-wise <laughs> okay. is the point we're trying to get. So <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, I, uh, iTunes, which I just said, and Spotify. So go ahead and find us anywhere where you listen to podcasts at Catholic
3: Drive Time. Please subscribe. Please tell a friend. You can also uh, find links to everything over at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Uh, joining us right now by Zoom chat is Dr. Stacy Tresankos. She is the vice president of the board of Children of God for Life. She's also their chief research officer. She is a scientist, a theologian, a mother, and a grandmother. Holds a doctorate in chemistry from Penn State University and a master's in dogmatic theolo- theology from Holy Apostles College And seminary. Good morning to you, uh, Doctor Tresancos.
8: Good morning. How are you? It's very early here.
3: (laughs) Praise be to God. You're you're very energetic for this time of morning, Doctor. You you must have had uh, I don't know uh, twenty ounces or so of coffee. I have twenty still to go.
5: So I've
8: had, and my husband and I just got four kids on the school bus. So (laughs) whoa, (laughs) (laughs)
5: our adrenaline. You're one of them
8: fell out of the bed this morning and bumped his head, so it, it was, uh we woke up to screaming so, but we're here <laughs>
3: parent life, I love it, praise be to God um now, children of God for life uh, i you know I love the um, the tagline here, and we kind of we kind of we kind of stole a little bit today for our program in order to have a conversation around what we believe is Catholic it says end the use of aborted children in science. And I think that perfectly summarizes how we ought to feel about vaccines or anything else that uh, would dare to use aborted baby parts, tissues, DNA, anything, in order to make us more comfortable, make us more healthy, make us more whatever. Um, tell us about the work of Children of God for Life. Let's start with that.
8: Well, Children of God for Life was founded by Debbie Vintage, and she is the mother who wrote to the Vatican and got an answer back in uh, 2005 from the Pontifical Academy for Life about what to do about vaccines produced using fetal cell lines. So, you know, what do we do about benefiting from abortion? She was asking the, the Vatican, how do, you know, is it inherently immoral to use these vaccines? How do parents navigate this difficult corner that we've been backed into? And the Vatican gave some guidance Um, But Debbie founded Children of God for Life to help um, address that cause, because the Vatican told us back then, even if you use the vaccines, we all have a moral obligation to end this practice, this benefiting from abortion in, in the medical and pharmaceutical industry. So that's what she's been working on for 20 years. And she just retired and um, uh, I work for Bishop Strickland here in Tyler, and she's very fond of Bishop Strickland. And uh, so she asked if we would take children of God for life under our wing, take the baton, so to speak, and move it to Tyler. Bishop Strickland's now on the board. My husband's now the CEO, which is appropriate and fitting because although I have science and theology background, he's a businessman. He had a very successful career as a as a, um a chief officer in the in the auto insurance industry. So he, he's really been instrumental in talking to pharmaceutical companies and making the business case to them that there are two hundred and five million Christians out here and a lot of us care about this issue.
3: Mm, amen. Um, let's talk about the vaccines in particular. So we've had we've now had, I don't know, a few months at least, several months now of vaccine rollout of several vaccines on the market now, and we've seen some conflicting reports about uh, whether or not these things are safe or or, or they're effective. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, how are you seeing the rollout of the vaccines for COVID-19?
8: Well, from my perspective, I'm looking at, you know, I, I always do this thing where I'm a very logical person, but I try to stand up on the hill and look around at the landscape that we're in, the moment of history that we're in as the Catholic Church. And um, it's really a lot more than just the rollout of the vaccines and whether we get the jab or not. Um, the message, I'm concerned the message from the leadership in the church, moral theologians, ethicists, um, organizations that are respected for their guidance on ethics in, and even up to the bishops, the, the initial message out was it's. It it was it's morally it's not inherently immoral to benefit from these vaccines. Then it was it's morally licit. Then it was it's just moral. And now I hear a lot of leadership in the church saying we have a moral obligation to take the vaccine. So it, it sort of evolved during this time out of the fear of the pandemic. And I'm very concerned going forward, especially with the administration we have now. What moral authority does the church have when it comes to law lawmaking and um, and ethic guidelines for industry when they say we want to use the bodies of aborted children and research to find cures for the wanted people um, what moral authority do we have at that table to say no we don't want you doing that and they'll say well why you already said it's morally it's a moral obligation to benefit from abortion so I, I feel that we've conceded ground in this war against abortion and I think it's going to have very serious consequences going forward. So uh, we need to slow down and think about what we're saying.
3: Dr. Stacy Trasankos is our guest. Uh, she is with Children of God for Life. You know, I look at this, Dr. Stacy. I look at the fact that there's a high pr- amount of pressure to get the vaccine uh, mm-hmm. from church leaders, of course, as you just said, but also everybody else in society, high amount of pressure for that. Um, and then, of course, now we're seeing uh, the vaccine passport being pushed upon Uh, Society, And I think the many European countries are about to uh, take this on. I know the UK is also looking at it. New York is rolling it out now. And there's going to be many other countries. I'm sure the pressure will be very high around the whole world to have a vaccine passport. And you couple all this together and then... Aren't there alternatives? I'm confused. I mean, I thought that there were alternatives that do not include any aborted fetal DNA tissue testing, development, anything, but yet we hear nothing about those things. And we, yet we have all of this pressure in society now that's going to basically pre- prevent our ability to, to travel, possibly shop, attend public events. If we don't, if we don't go after these accepted, you got to get these vaccines, but you can't look at you know uh, having the antibodies infused. You can't look at that. Don't, don't do that. Go get the vaccine instead. I mean, that seems strange to me. Am I just looking at this wrong?
8: Now, a lot of people, we hear from people, I mean, my husband and I take phone calls at Children of God for Life, and we hear from people every day, people who are ready to quit their jobs and lay down their lives to fight this issue. Um, and there are other alternatives. There, there are medications, so I'm not very knowledgeable about this, but my husband's been looking at it, the agramectin treatments and taking the vitamins.
3: Hold that thought. I'm sorry, yeah. Dr. Trusankos, you've joined a list of incredible people that I have cut off because we've got to go to break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. More Catholic Drive times coming up next.
5: We live with the illusion that we are in control.
8: One-Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of
7: Belmont Abbey.
5: Yet, how much of life actually is under our control? We need to develop our talents and make prudent preparations for the future. But how many times have our plans been sidetracked by forces outside our control? Sometimes, unexpected changes have even opened up new opportunities. In his rule, St. Benedict talks about the beauty and purpose of monastic life. The rule is very successful at separating the monks who live according to its teaching from the illusion of control, giving us a peaceful confidence in God's provident care.
7: For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com
5: It's all preparation for our last act of letting go of control when we will have to commend our life trustingly into the Father's hands and death.
0: Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org.
3: be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. uh, Dr. Stacey Trusankos with Children of God for Life, C-O-G-F-O-R-L-I-F-E.org is our guest today. We're talking about the use of aborted baby tissue, DNA, what have you, uh, in science. Specifically, we were talking about The pressure in society to get the vaccine when there are alternatives. And Dr. Trusankos, you were saying you were getting phone calls quite a bit there uh, related to this subject. You're muted. We're going to have to ask you to unmute. No, no,
6: I'm
8: here. I'm here. Okay. I'm muted because I jumped up to go um, talk to my husband during the break. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes, we take phone calls and we get phone calls from people every day who are distraught about what to do. They, like, they, they understand that they, if they need the vaccine, that they are morally permitted to take it, but they don't see it as the default condition is just go out and get the vaccine. They're asking questions. And, you know, we've had people call and say, I, I have an obje- a conscientious objection to taking this vaccine. And and the woman needed a, a letter from her priest saying that she could have a religious exemption and the priest wouldn't write the letter. Wow. So we we have an issue coming, if I'm looking out from my hill trying to gauge what's going on, I think we have an issue coming where we might have clergy saying I, it's against my conscience to write you a letter for a religious exemption. And we're not going to be backed up by the clergy when we say, even though it's morally permitted, we are taking this stand. We are not taking these medicines. We're not taking these vaccines. Plus, they're, they're, so we have that statement of conscience out that we wrote, um, that Catherine Pakulik wrote, and we signed it with her husband and Bishop Strickland. Um, and we're asking the clergy to back us up on our objections. But my husband's also been looking at um, there, there's a there are other options besides the vaccines. There's a website called covid19criticalcare.com. And um, it, it's got things you can do besides take the vaccine to protect yourself from the virus like taking vitamins and having ivermectin and things to do, even if you get the virus that mitigate the symptoms. Um, And and so that is COVID19criticalcare.com. We have no affiliation with them. I just really like what they're saying. And I've heard medical doctors back it up. And I mean, it's just common sense things. But yes, there are other options to protect yourself. Our kids here in Texas have been going to public school since August, August. And it's kind of wink, wink with the mask and the social distancing. You know, my son in fourth grade says they wear their mask in the hallway, but nobody's six feet apart. And when they go into the classroom, they can take their mask off, but they sit at the same tables together right up in each other's (laughs) face. And they've been doing this since August. And you know what? There has been no community outbreak in Lindale, Texas where our kids go to school our two teenagers in high school attend a building with 1200 other kids every day of the week and whenever there's a positive case the superintendent lets us know but it's like one or two a week that we mm-hmm. even hear about so you know it we're not seeing we're not we're not seeing this great urgent need to go get a vaccine
3: Dr St- Stacy Tresenkos is our guest childrenofgodforlife.org is the website um, I mean, the CDC data alone shows that kids that young pretty much don't either get infected or don't pass it along. I mean, of course, some did, but it's so small that it's near zero. Uh, So it's part of the argument to, to the part of the debate today about putting kids back in school. Why can't we when the data seems to show uh, that it would be completely fine. But I don't, want, I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole. I'd rather ask you about the—the the, one of the issues that comes up quite a bit, especially among Catholic circles from a moral standpoint, is this issue of remote material cooperation. And the conversation tends to go that this this aborted fetal uh, DNA was harvested so long ago that it's so far removed, it's so far back there, that, why are we still discussing it? And I'm summarizing it, of course, in my tongue-in-cheek kind of way. Yep. Uh, is that true? Is that the case? Is, are we talking about something that happened so long ago, Dr. Tresenkos?
8: Yeah. Re- remote cooperation wasn't ever meant to mean just in time. I don't know if it was even meant to refer to time at all. It's referring to intent, um, and so if you're what it, what remote cooperation means is if you're a mother sitting in a doctor's office with your precious baby that you want to protect from viruses, I don't want my kid to get measles. You know, you're trying to protect your child and the nurse walks in and the doctor says, the only vaccine we have for your child, um, wouldn't be here except for an aborted child 50 years ago. And if you say, I, I don't, I don't want that vaccine, um, you're you're backed into a corner literally backed into a corner where you either have to you're morally coerced into either protecting your own child or rejecting benefiting from abortion. And it, and so it, it is a difficult position to be in. And that's what remote cooperation means. It means I am so far removed from the intent of the actual abortion, whether it happened yesterday or 50 years ago. I'm so far away from that intent. I am against abortion. I'm against benefiting from abortion. But I'm not gonna let my child get sick and die either. And so it, it is a very difficult position. And now the whole world's in that position with COVID-19. Um, it's not our children anymore, it's ourselves. And so a lot of adults are saying, you know what, I've, and Bishop Strickland said this, I've lived a good life, I'm 62 years old. I'm not taking that vaccine. I can make the decision for myself, I'm not gonna take it, I will take that stand. And if I die because of it, I thank God for the life I had. And, you know, people need to be free to make those decisions. But remote cooperation, it's about your intent. Emily? Yes,
0: so I had, um and this is related to the headlines. We saw that Chilean bishop earlier who was saying, it's like, it's enough. It's enough. This is having such a spiritual harm on the people that it's not worth the whatever temporary bodily protection you receive from it. But I wanted to ask about this recent letter that was signed by 86 women around the world, including the foundress of Children of God for Life. Now, this letter, you have to read it. The words are just incredible it says we as women wish our feminine cry to be heard around the world so dr stacy Trosankos, um, did you hear about this letter that your founder signed
8: yes and i uh, and i've been asked why my name is not on there i i support the letter as it is now i saw a very early version of the letter um, and in in my opinion it was divisive it was exaggerated in some places and so it continued to circulate and i said so it continued to circulate and, and be edited and, uh, and I very much support the final version of it that's out. Um, and, and I would happily put my name on it today and give it the thumbs up as it is now. Um, and, and I'm glad that women are speaking out. And that cry that is mentioned in that letter, it is what we hear from people. And it's almost like we've been abandoned by Catholic leaders. I mean, I, I support bishops. I know they've got a very hard job, but the laity is supposed to help the leadership in the church, Figure out how to navigate our times. And what the laity is saying is this is harming us spiritually. We need to be back. We, we need at least to know that if we say we're not going to use, we're not going to benefit from abortion, we need to be backed up on that. We at least need you to back us up, even if, you know, even if other people are taking the vaccine. Um, because it's kind of scary. I mean, Imagine we go and and somebody at our work says you have to have this vaccine to participate in society. You have to get this vaccine. And we say, I have an objection to it. And and then our church says to us, "Uh, "Nope, sorry, you don't get to have an objection to it. You have a moral obligation to get the vaccine. And the government says, see, your own church is telling you to get the vaccine. We have literally nowhere to go then to, to object at all. Um, we're more than ever backed into a corner, you know, we're nailed into that corner. So um, I just think we need to slow down and, and really appeal to the clergy and the leadership, the moral theologians, you know, guys, please back us up on this. So we have our own letter, our, our con- statement of conscience um, it, along the same veins, but it's specifically asking for backup with, when we have objections to benefiting from abortion.
3: Dr. Stacy Trisenkos is our guest. Childrenofgodforlife.org is the website. And we have about uh, two and a half, three minutes left in our conversation with you, Dr. Tresenkos. i You said something in a video posted on your website that caught my attention. And, uh, you know, we, we, as we talked about, um, or we've heard, uh, people pontificate about the morality of vaccines in and outside the church, you know, they talk about this remote material cooperation, which you alluded to a minute ago, but they also said, you know, like, uh, well, some of them were only used aborted fetal DNA during the R&D process, and the way they word that, they make it sound as though that's something that happened, it came, it ended, and it's gone, we're done with that now, now everything is fine, there's no aborted uh, fetal DNA being used anymore, but is that true? And you said in this video that that's maybe not true, that there's still still using aborted uh, baby parts uh, to continue the R&D. Is that the case?
8: Yes, and, and I'm going to say something that might be controversial, but I really think the bishops bishops were ill-advised from the ethical organizations that should have been giving them better information. A lot of bishops report, repeated that phrase, confirmatory testing, as, 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 as if it's a one-time thing, therefore don't worry about it. But research and development doesn't end. Um, um Moderna itself has just built a multi-million-dollar facility in Norwood, Massachusetts to continue research and development on vaccines for the new strains of COVID-19 coming out. And so every time they have a new and uh, they tweak the vaccine a little bit genetically, they're going to need to do that same in vitro test in the fetal cells to see if it works. So uh, research and development doesn't ever end. If that happened, scientists would be out of jobs. Wow. Uh, So somebody did not understand how science R&D production works when they were advising the bishops.
3: All right. Well, we are just about out of time here. Now, on your website, cogforlife.org, C-O-G-F-O-R-L-I-F-E.org, do you have a list of the vaccines out for COVID-19 and their their related issues?
8: Yes. If you go to the front of our webpage, it says COVID-19 Vaccine Guidance. Um, and so what you'll find there is a quick summary uh, and links to all the research papers of how the fetal cell lines are used in the four vaccines that are in the market now, along with links to um, Vatican documents and moral guidance on what we're supposed to do.
3: Excellent. Praise be to God, Dr. Stacy Trasankos, Children of God for Life. Thank you for being on with us today.
8: Thank you. Have a great day.
3: You as well. God love you. All right. That is going to do it for our number one for Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. We'll be posting the interviews later today on our social media sites. Make sure you check out grnonline.com forward slash CDT to find the links. And also check out the links to our sponsor, realestateforlife.org, helping buyers and sellers support pro-life causes. God love you and God bless you. We'll see you in the next hour if you're able to join us. Thank you for joining
2: us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
8: Many Protestants believe we are saved by faith alone, and they say Catholics believe they can work their way into heaven. How do you answer that?
9: First, I ask them to show me where in the Catechism, the official teaching of the Catholic Church, does it teach that we can work our way into heaven. They can't because it doesn't. The Catholic Church has never taught a doctrine of salvation by works, that we can work our way into heaven. Second, I asked them to show me where in the Bible does it teach that we are saved by faith alone. They can't because it doesn't. The only place in all of Scripture where the phrase faith alone appears is in James 2.24 where it says that we are not, not justified or saved by faith alone. So one of the main pillars of Protestantism, the doctrine of salvation by faith alone, not only doesn't appear in the Bible, but the Bible actually says the exact opposite, that we are not saved by faith alone. Third, I ask them that if works have nothing to do with our salvation, then how come every passage in the New Testament that talks about judgment says we will be judged by our works, not by faith alone? We see this in Romans 2, Matthew 15, 1 Peter 1, and many other verses. Fourth, I ask them if we are saved by faith alone, why does 1 Corinthians 13, 13 say that love is greater than faith? Shouldn't it be the other way around? Catholics believe that we are saved by God's grace alone. We can do nothing apart from God's grace to receive the free gift of salvation. However, we have to respond to His grace. Protestants believe that too. However, many Protestants believe that the only response necessary is an act of faith, whereas Catholics believe a response of faith and works is necessary, whereas the Bible puts it in Galatians 5:6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is of any avail, but faith working through love. Faith working through love, just as the church teaches.
2: A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
9: Catholic Radio was there for me when I needed it. Even though I didn't think I needed it, it was there for me. I want everybody to know that I'm giving, not so that I can sit there and say that I gave to GRN for any other reason but this. I want that radio station to be there for anyone else who needs it also. They may not think they need it, but it's going to be there for them, whether it's in the future, whether it's right now. I want that radio station to always be there for them, just like it was there for me. The Guadalupe
2: Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to your Catholic drive time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God.
1: We ought to be able to talk
2: about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious with Joe McClain and Emily Alcaraz
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time Keeping you informed and inspired I'm your host, Joe McLean Praise be to God Good morning to you Thanks for being on the show We had a great conversation this last hour uh, Two great interviews with One with Dr. Stacy Tresankos From Children of God for Life We just wrapped that one up And then of course, Christine Niles was on Two great interviews today we will be posting both of those later today on our video feeds at uh, YouTube and, of course, on Rumble, Facebook. Make sure you go to our website and get the links there, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Great conversation, very insightful, and uh, I love how down-to-earth Stacy was, Emily. I mean, you know, she's a yes. mom, right? But she also has like a PhD in chemistry and and uh, masters in theology. It's kind of cool,
0: right? And she makes it so simple, like these issues that sometimes seem over my, over my head, at least for me. Um, she's like, no, it's okay. We can break it down. We can understand this. It, you you don't have to be outside of the loop.
3: Yeah, amen. It is a tricky uh, conversation to have, right? But uh, one I think we definitely need to have. But in this hour, if you're able to join us. By the grace of God, we are going to have a great hour this hour. In fact, three more chances at the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence to, to win this week's prize. Uh, praise be to God. So we'll have the game show coming up in, I don't know, 14, 15 minutes from now. And you could be the contestant. If you've never played before, or it's been at least a month since the last time you played, you can just uh, give, call that number. You, don't want, you want to be the first to call. That's the first caller who always gets in. And I'll give out that number in a little while. But if you have it already, you can always call in early. You know, that's fair, I think. Uh, Speaking of fair, Adrian Fonseca is here. Fair as in like the fairest of them all, the fairest in the land. Is, uh, that, is that what we're saying? I was trying to improve oh, off of okay, the stinking okay. cute comment from last hour. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay, uh, but yes, you are very fair for for a young man. Well, thank you very God. much. Thank you very much. Well, uh, breaking news uh, is
4: that we have all of our shows are now uh, listed on and podcast. So if you That's go awesome. to uh, Apple Podcast, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, Google Play. Our Google Podcast, rather, and Spotify. You can find us there. So anywhere where you listen to podcasts, you can
3: now find our podcast. Amen. Drive time. Praise be to God. Now, if you could do us a favor, dear listener, and subscribe to those podcasts, that would be very review them. And review is the key especially with itunes uh this the the podcasts with the most reviews five-star reviews and hint, hint, yes, nudge, only, nudge.
4: only five-star reviews if you have anything less than a five-star review uh, you can touch us personally yeah just email me and yell at me it's fine no big deal
3: but don't leave the the bad reviews just send them to me or you could put a five-star and then chew us out i'm all right with that because that still works <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would be fine too but uh five star reviews is what drives a podcast further up the uh, the, the the listing there in their, their store. All right. So we'll post links to those as well on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Praise be to God. I also again want to thank our generous underwriter, uh realestateforlife.org. Realestateforlife.org they help buyers and sellers trying to move homes uh, to have a, a faith-based experience and to support pro-life causes. Their website is realestateforlife.org. Yeah, praise be to God. Angelo, good morning to you. I see some folks hanging out with us on our live video feeds. We love to hang out with our audience on the live video feeds, and Angelo's congratulating me because my second grandchild was born yesterday. Edwin is his name, praise be to God, and he is he's just an adorable little boy. Uh, He's got a ton of hair. He's almost got more hair than I do. And he was just (laughs) born. I mean, let that sink in for a moment. All right, that's going to do it uh, for the intro. Let's dive in. We're going to do Breaking News and Stories with Emily. We're going to do Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then our game show is coming up. And of course, we'll have an after show this hour where you, my dear listener, get to drive that conversation. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, that's what we're going to dive into. All of that in the after show, and everything is on the table, so you can ask questions, you can bring up stuff we've discussed in our interviews. Whatever you want to deal, deal with, we will talk about in the after show of the program. So that's on the agenda today as well. Let's get started. Whatever your intentions are, we're going to pray for those, and we're going to ask you to uh, include our intentions in your prayers today as well, but we're going to ask Our Lady to intercede for all of us by whispering these into, her, into the ear of Her Divine Son. In the name of the Father, the Son In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz.
0: A Catholic repairman in Baltimore was interviewed on EWTN about bringing his faith into his work. Darren Stern from Baltimore, Maryland, is not shy about sharing his faith with customers. In an interview with EWTN that aired on March 10th, Stern talked about how he provides customers with a small wind-up Jesus figure to keep near their air conditioner. Stern says his faith carried him through his sufferings from chronic anxiety, which he says he struggled with for nearly 20 years. Stern's worry and stress affected him so much that he couldn't eat, and he said, I was like a perfectionist, and I didn't want to let people down. Stern turned to God when all else failed, saying that when you have nothing, then Jesus is all you have. After years of prayer, Stern learned to abandon himself to God. He said, I stopped worrying so much about what other people thought and about all the problems. Just go out and do the best you can, and that's what I kept focusing on. Let Jesus take all the bad stuff. Catholic schools in Virginia's Diocese of Arlington are open for in-person instruction and finding demand to be so high that they're hiring 150 more teachers for the next school year. School officials say there is strong evidence that in-person schooling can be done safely as long as proper protocols are followed and children benefit from an in-person learning environment. Dr. Joseph Vorbach, superintendent of schools for the Diocese of Arlington, said the social emotional wellness of children benefits greatly from their ability to be around one another and around adults who are helping them to learn. Research has found that children are less vulnerable to severe cases of coronavirus infection. And Father Gonzalo Masaraza, a Spanish priest, credits St. Joseph for the survival of all passengers of a plane his brother Jaime was piloting in 1992 that split in two upon landing in Granada. Masaraza, a seminarian at the time, was studying in Rome and had just completed 30 days of prayer to St. Joseph for impossible things, when that same day his brother's plane broke in half on the runway. According to the local press, 26 of the 94 passengers were injured, but no one was killed. The Spanish television program El Hormiguero called it the Miracle Plane. In a recent article published on the Catholic social media Osana, Masaraza told the story of the Aviaco Airlines' McDonnell Douglas DC-9 Miracle Plane that greatly strengthened his devotion to St. Joseph, the saint who has great power before the throne of God. The priest encouraged people to ask Saint Joseph to teach us to bring Mary with Jesus into our homes so that we always live to serve them just like he did. I'm Emily Alcaraz and these are your Thursday morning headlines through a Catholic lens.
3: Saint Alexander of Jerusalem, pray for us. He was born in the third century, studied in Alexandria in Egypt. He was a fellow student of origin, or I should say the infamous origin. Uh, but Alexander became the bishop of Cappadocia. He was imprisoned uh, from, for his faith from or 204 to 211. Good grief. Morning fog brain there. Uh, He was imprisoned from 204 to 211 for his faith during the persecutions of Severus. But after he was released, he did make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, and there he seemed to stay. Uh, He became the coadjutor of Bishop of Jerusalem. He he was also serving alongside St. Narcissus in 212. He was censured for encouraging Origen to teach in churches while he was still a layman. He, he also, would, Alexander, would go on to develop a large theological library. He was imprisoned again during the persecutions of Decius. When given a chance to save himself by denouncing Christianity, Saint Alexander of Jerusalem, Jerusalem made a public pronouncement of his faith. He was thrown to the wild animals to be devoured, but they refused to attack him. They threw him back in prison, chained him up, and let him die slowly from maltreatment. He died in 251 at Caesarea. He is considered a martyr for the faith. Saint Alexander of Jerusalem, pray for us. The gospel today comes from John chapter 5, verses 31 through 47. Jesus said to the Jews, If I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is not true. But there is another who testifies on my behalf and I know that the testimony he gives on my behalf is true. You sent emissaries to John, and he testified to the truth. I do not accept human testimony, but I say to you, this so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and for a while you were content to rejoice in his light. But I have testimony greater than John's. The works that the Father gave me to accomplish these works that I perform testify on my behalf, that the Father has sent me. Moreover, the Father who sent me has testified on my behalf, but you have never heard his voice nor seen his form, and you do not have his word remaining in you, because you do not believe in the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think you have eternal life through them, Even they testify on my behalf, but you do not want to come to me to have life. I do not accept human praise. Moreover, I know that you do not have the love of God in you. I came in the name of my Father, but you do not accept me. Yet, if another comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe when you accept praise from one another and do not seek the praise that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who will accuse you is Moses, in whom you have placed your hope. For if you had believed Moses, you would have believed me because he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is a powerful passage. I said that in the last hour. It is truly amazing. You ought to uh, take a moment and really chew on this passage today, the weight, the gravity, the heaviness of it. I mean, John chapter 5, even all the way through John chapter 8, it is like a sledgehammer to the heart of these hard-hearted Jews that refuse to see Jesus as the Messiah. He doesn't need just two or three witnesses. He's got plenty of witnesses. John the Baptist, his miracles, the Father, scriptures themselves, Moses is going to testify against them. He is the Messiah, and he has a mission to save souls, and the judgment will be of our own doing more than it will be of his. Adrian, what what do you say about this? Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I like to
4: focus on this kind of puzzling uh, statement here. says, uh, if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is not true. And then he goes on to say, I know that the testimony he gives on my behalf is true. Now, what is being said here? Now, Alapide says that the word true here is better translated as a witness. Uh, so, it, it's, uh, it's like credibility. So, he said that if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is not credible. Um, and so, he says, but you people also believe that John the Baptist was a prophet. And if you believe he was a prophet, then you should believe his testimony, because I already know that his testimony is true, because he was pointing towards me, and then our Lord shows forth this by the miracles that he does. He performs all these miracles that way that people may believe and be saved. He says that right there that they may be saved, but I say this to you so that you may be saved. Now, that's very important, because that is the mission of Jesus Christ, and that is the mission that you and I give, because the miracles that God has created, and he does them today. We did an interview before about the eucharistic miracles these miracles are here to bolster our faith it's not the reason for our faith but it bolsters our faith it gives us a a reason to believe and i think this is very important for us to focus on and to remember that the miracles are here for us and that our lord his testimony is true not because of the miracles but that lends credibility to them if he had never done a single miracle in his entire life we would still be obliged to uh, believe in him so says aquinas I think that's very important. And, uh, this whole talk conversation of truth, uh, Dave Palmer did a great show on it like two weeks ago, 4
3: p.m. on Fridays. All right, Uh, praise be to God I guess that's going to uh, to do it We're going to go to a break, we're going to come back And we're going to have our Fear and Trembling Game Show We have three more opportunities To get into the coffee cup of divine providence To win this week's prize And you, my dear listener, can win I promise you, it's pretty easy You don't even need to know the answers To any of these trivia questions Because I won't be asking you It's a 50-50 shot every time And it's a lot of fun 877-757-9425 877-757-9424. 877
8: Call right now. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics?
9: 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio, learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10, do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but He's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get it? into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four. Always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity. An opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five. Don't get frustrated. Catholic often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, the sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world.
2: This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
4: Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation. By the seat of your pants it's a 50 50 chance and prizes are involved avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth call now to take your shot
3: 877-757-9424 and now your host joe mcclain praise be to jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time and fear and trembling the catholic trivia game show that has a secret and hidden agenda so don't tell anybody this, okay? Keep this between us. But what we do here is we have three Catholic trivia questions, right? And they, they range from, you know, easy to, just let's just say, complicated. But uh, here's the kicker. We don't ask the caller these questions. The caller does not need to know the answers to these questions because I ask Emily and I ask Adrian. And one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do they trust more? Do they trust Emily? Do they trust Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize.
0: Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's sponsor is JustLovePrince.com. You can find Just Love Prince on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram. And um, chances are, if you are Catholic and you have an Instagram, you probably already follow them because Lindsay Treza, the artist that Runs this ministry creates beautiful prints, stickers, and all kinds of illustrations. And the one she's giving away this week is called "Love at First Sight," and it's a, a photo uh, or it's an illustration of Mary and Joseph seeing the baby Jesus for the first time at the Nativity. So that is that will be the beautiful prize for this week's prize winner.
3: It is quite nice. I encourage you to see it for yourself if you haven't done so. Go on over to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. And scroll down to the post. You'll see it posted there. It's quite, quite lovely. So we're very excited about pulling somebody out of the coffee cup tomorrow for that. All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, We want to thank everybody who tries to call in and be a part of our show. It really means a lot to us, and we love talking to you. But it's always the first caller who gets in. And uh, let's see, Janie, good morning to you. Thank you for being on the program today. Good morning. Praise be to God, Janie. Where are you calling from? Breckenridge. Breckenridge, oh, praise God, that's awesome. Uh, And where do you go to church?
9: Sacred Heart of Jesus.
3: Sacred Heart of Jesus. Now, are you familiar with the show, Janie? Uh, Have you been listening before? Yes. Praise God, we're very grateful for that. Uh, So then you know, uh, you know firsthand how tricky uh, Emily and Adrian can be. Yes, sir. All right, so careful ears are the order of the day. Are you ready to go, Janie? Yes, sir. All right, Emily, we will start with you, as is our custom. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Absolutely. Here we go. Emily, can you tell me, what is the term used to describe the worship given to another person or object which is due only to God?
0: Okay, the worship that you give to someone besides God is called idolatry.
3: Okay, sounds very reasonable to me. Let's just see what... What Adrian has to say, Adrian, can you tell me what is the term used to describe the worship given to another person or an object which is due only to God? Uh let's see. That is the sin of
4: selfishness. The sin of selfishness. Yep. Not, shellfishness,
3: not- the selfishness, not selfishness. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. No problem. Only on
0: Fridays. So
3: <laughs> Adrian is on the hook for the sin of selfishness. And I suppose Emily is on the hook for the sin of idolatry. Who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Janie, what say you? Uh,
9: okay,
1: Emily.
3: Survey says, congratulations. Woo! Well done. You were not fooled at all by the <laughs> effervescent, uh, stinking cute Adrian Fonseca. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, well done, Janie. Fine, Well done. You're in the coffee cup of divine providence with one chance to win. You feel pretty good about your chances now? Yeah. All right, let's go for the second question. We'll start with Adrian this time. Adrian, are you ready? Oh, yes. All right, let's do this. Adrian, what is the term for a canonized male saint who is not a martyr? Uh, canonized
4: male saint who is not a martyr, that would be a uh,
3: confessor. A confessor. Mm, okay. Let's see what Emily has to say. Emily, can you tell me, what is the term... For a canonized male saint who was not a martyr.
0: This is like liturgically, right? Like what we call them in the... Okay, I'm going to go with disciple.
3: A disciple. Yes. All right, who knows? Let's see. Adrian is on the hook for confessor. And Emily is on the hook for a disciple. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Janie, what say you? Emily. Emily. Survey says...
5: I'm so oh, no. sorry uh,
3: in fact, it is a confessor now Adrian, do you know why we call them a confessor? Uh, because they
4: confess the faith and so they this makes a distinction between being a martyr who uh it dies for the faith, a confessor who lives for the faith and uh, a virgin, a woman who is basically a woman confessor um, and so yeah, there's different categories of saints, and maybe we can uh talk about that in our after show more yeah. in depth.
3: So, uh, I'm Good. sorry, Janie, that uh, you got that one wrong, but you're still in the coffee cup and you still have one more chance to get in. So, you could have as much as two this time. Now, I have to warn you, this next question might be tricky. It could be tricky. But let's just see how it goes. Uh, we're back with Emily this time. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Emily, can you tell me, is a lay person, a layman, eligible to be elected? Pope. Huh. Of course not. No. No. Okay. A lay
0: person, then I could be pope, right?
3: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, is a lay person, a lay man in particular, eligible to be elected pope? Is a lay man
4: eligible to be elected pope? Uh, that would imply that they were a baptized Catholic
3: male. So I would say yes. All right, so Adrian is on the hook for yes, a baptized Catholic male, yes. Emily is on the hook for no, doesn't matter, male or female, no. Uh, Who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Janie, what say you? That's kind of tricky.
1: I'm going to say Adrian. Adrian.
3: Survey says. yeah, you, that, you, was that was a tough hard one. one. That, that was a, tough was one. a toughie, <laughs> and you got it done, Janie. Praise be <laughs> to God. Now, did you right, did you cheat? Were you googling that as you were driving? I'm just curious. I, I was
1: not.
6: I was not. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, praise <laughs> be to God. Uh, well, well done. I'm very impressed. I honestly, I, Adrian and I discussed that question yesterday when I picked it picked it, and I'm like, I don't know if anybody's going to be able to get this. Yeah, it's and, a pretty th- ra- difficult question. And you nailed it. So, Adrian, uh, what uh, what are the circumstances by which a layman might be elected to the chair of St. Peter? Well, for one, it would be
4: highly irregular, highly, highly irregular. I don't think it's ever happened. So you're saying um, there's
3: a chance. There is a chance. <laughs> okay. There is a
4: chance, technically speaking. So the qualifications to be a pope uh, for the Roman Catholic Church is you have to be a male baptized individual uh that's not excommunicated or or an apostate uh, meaning separated from the church. So, as long as you qu- qualify there, you can be elected Pope. And what would happen to you if that happened, they would literally just ship you over to Rome real quick, and uh, the bishops would lay hands on you, put you through holy orders, and raise you to the office of the papacy right there and then. And if you were already married, well, then you would have to live as husband and wa- as uh, brother and sister with your spouse, or uh, have uh, some very particular circumstances. So, it'd be a very strange circumstance, but
3: technically speaking,
4: it is possible.
3: So, it, could right. I Should I start my campaign now? Should I I start campaigning in Rome among the cardinals? How do I get into the hat here? (laughs) I I don't think you want to do that. But if you did want to, you just have to convince the cardinals
6: to uh,
4: vote for you. And uh, any cardinal, uh, the cardinals are the only ones that vote for the pope, but they can vote for any baptized male. I thought it was illegal, according to canon law, to actually
3: campaign. It is incredibly <laughs> illegal,
4: but whether or not that'd be invalid is a different question, oh. but
3: highly illegal. Highly. Yeah, all right. Well, we're all learning something new today, but praise be to God for it. Janie, God bless you. You're in the coffee cup of uh, divine providence twice today. Well done, Thank Adam. You. Thank you. All right. Uh, So you'll have to tune in tomorrow to see if it's God's will that your name be pulled out of the cup. But we're going to put you on hold so that we get your phone number just in case if that happens. God love you, Janie. Thank you for calling in today. Have a great day. Thank you. I'm going to put you on hold. All right, praise be to God. That's going to do it for the uh, radio side of the program. Sean, our our new colleague in the South and Central Texas markets of the Guadalupe Radio Network, he was like, wow, those were those choices were tough. Amen. They were kind of. Yeah, those are pretty were pretty hard, they actually. They were pretty tricky. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, they did very well. Praise be to God. Uh, So new opportunity tomorrow morning, the last three chances to get in on the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. So if you want your chance uh, to win that beautiful print, again, check it out at facebook.com forward slash uh, Catholic Drive Time. You'll find the print in our post feed there. It's beautiful. It would look it would look incredible framed on your wall. I promise you. So three more chances tomorrow during the second hour of our show. Don't forget next week Tuesday through Friday is the Shareathon across the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Drive Time second hour will be pushed back just for next Tuesday through Friday, and then we'll go back to the regular schedule uh, after that. So next Tuesday through Friday, our second hour will be 9 a.m. Central, 10 Eastern. So you feel tune in for that. We'll have a lot of fun raising money for the Guadalupe Radio Network. And uh, we may do a sort of a variant of the trivia game show uh, next week. We'll see how that goes. But Maybe we'll ask Joe the questions instead. Ooh. Joe all of a sudden is uh, not feeling well and uh, <laughs> may not be here. We'll have to see how it goes. All right. Uh, if you can join us for the after show, we would surely love to have you. And w- the way you do that is by hanging out with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, Uh, Just find the links over on our website to join us if you're not there now. Uh, You don't have to have an account, by the way, on on YouTube to watch videos. So consider that. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to find the links to those social feeds. We'd love to see you. But you get to drive that conversation. Whatever you want to talk about, we want to talk about. So comment wherever you're at, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Let us know what's on your mind, where you're from. Especially if you're a first-time commenter, you get a very special sound effect just for you. I'm looking at you, Adrian. All right. If you're going to go to Holy Mass, please keep us in your prayers, uh, your intentions for Holy Mass today. We'd be very grateful to you. But otherwise, tomorrow we have Raymond Arroyo on the program. He's going to be back. He's got a brand new book out in time for the rest of Lent and Easter. We'll be discussing that with him tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and the Stations of the Cross on Catholic Drive Time. God love you and God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you in the after show in a few minutes. Thank you for joining
2: us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here
0: on your favorite Catholic radio station.
2: Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com Catholic Drive Time.
3: Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
2: Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet.
1: Bye now, and God love you.
0: Welcome to the after show of the Catholic Drive Time show. Uh, I'm covering here while Adrian and Joe run some errands around. Uh, we had a great conversation, though, today, two great conversations. First, with Christine Niles. She shared some really exciting breaking news, and of course, you're going to want to check out that documentary about the priest in Buffalo who was suicided, um, as well as the, the next interview we had with Dr. Stacy Trasonkos, of course, who is always wonderful and always has some very powerful things to say about the the use of aborted fetal cells in medicine today. Two very very brilliant women, and I'm glad we're able to talk to them today. Um, <laughs> the running joke today, of course, was that Adrian was was it stinking or cute? Uh, I'm pretty
4: sure I'm pretty sure it was both um, stinking cute simultaneously. Was the, uh, was the operative term? <laughs> I think, uh, I, we, I think everybody here agrees with that statement. Uh, uh, you
0: think so everyone here
4: everyone here my I think my grandma might be watching she agrees she she told me that uh she said adrian you're you 're easily the most handsome man i 've ever met, and I was like, you know, grandma, I know, I know, so my grandma <laughs> thinks I'm handsome, so
0: The fan club, of course. Oh, and Kathy on YouTube thinks that you should be the Pope Adrian. What do you think about that? Oh,
4: no, please. No, Uh, that would be terrible. I would hate to be Pope.
0: There have been Pope Adrian's before. There have been Pope
4: Adrian's before. I would definitely take the name Pope Adrian, like the six, I think. (laughs) Um, The sixth. Yeah, it's a running, it's a tradition of the church that bishops go to hell. I mean, it's not a tradition. Like, (laughs) like, what? (laughs) It's not a tradition meaning like something that is uh, taught definitively or anything like that. It's just a well known fact. A lot of saints will talk about that. Yeah, the early church
0: fathers have um, commented on that.
4: Definitely. And uh, I know this is a great story of um, Louis of Granada, who is a Dominican saint who was the confessor to the. to the queen and she wanted him to become the new the new bishop of spain and uh he was like uh you know i'm a pass on that but you know what i know this great priest this great new young guy he's just ordained he'll be a great great bishop and so he comes in and he's like and they don't tell him why they bring him in the queen comes in and tell him tells him you will be our our new bishop and he turns to of granada and goes you did this to me. How <laughs> dare you? You will have to answer for this at your judgment day. Uh, don't you know that bishops go to hell?
0: I think that didn't something similar happen to both Augustine and Ambrose. Augustine was forced to be a bishop, right?
3: So many bishops. And did that. Ambrose was Gregory a layman. Great. Gregory the Great. We're he talking fled. about laymen
0: becoming yeah. popes. What about laymen becoming bishops? Well, that the, happened more often. Gregory
3: the Great. He was a monk. He was a he was a governor. Very wealthy. Uh, he was basically holding Rome together. Uh. But just barely, and uh, they wanted him to become pope, and then he ran for his life, and they had to send soldiers into the woods to find where he was hiding and drag him back. That's the kind of pope that I want. Poor guy. I mean, I want. I, I think that's how we should elect presidents as well. You know, we we should get the guy who's running and hiding and then chain him to the Oval Office. Wow. All right, you're in charge and you can't go anywhere. For four I, I, years. I'm highly supportive
4: of this for the church. I don't know if I'm supportive of this for the U.S. Um, my grandma commented, she said, I agree. See, I told y'all, I told y'all. She said, she agrees. Confirmed. Boom. My Confirmed. drop. Okay. Confirmed. Yeah, there is no more debate on this. I no am stinking cute. All right. And, uh, yeah. That, that, there that you That
3: is that then. Uh, Chris, good morning to you. Over on YouTube side, thank you for your prayers for my family and for my grandchildren. I'm very grateful to you. Valentine. good morning to you. Praise be to God. It's good to see you again. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us today. Uh, I don't see Mr. Thomas today. Uh, missing Mr. Thomas, Mr. Jesus Robles. We're missing you today. I'm not sure. I got to follow, but I said that yesterday. But it was so busy with uh, the birth of our grandson that we didn't get around to uh, following up with Jesus Robles. Josh, good morning to you on the Facebook side. Joaquin, good morning to you. Lori, good morning. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Praise be to God. Sean, of course, good to see you. Hopefully, you're surviving the, uh, the, the training under the relentless Richard Reyna over in South and Central Texas. Hopefully, that's going okay. Praise yes, be to God. Yes, and
0: because Mr. Thomas is not here today, we're going to need somebody else to ask very complex and specific questions today.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. All right, Christopher Chance, I think that's you. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no. Chris yeah. has really good questions. I don't know if I'll be able to answer yes! them. Yes! Bring the heat! <laughs> Praise be to God. Uh, let's see what else. Um, there was a story. There were some stories I would like to mention. Uh, so, if you got any questions, comments, please do comment, and we will jump into those. But there was some stories that I saw. There was. I'll just. I won't dive too deep into this, but very concerning. Of course, I saw this out of the uh, BigLeaguePolitics.com website. Milwaukee judge and president of Drag Queen Story Hour was arrested and charged with child pornography let that sink in for a moment this is a guy who uh was all about these drag queen story hours remember those i mean that was the one that was one of the highlights the silver linings the blessings of 2020's pandemic was that that stuff got shut down praise be to god uh absolutely diabolical to see these things happen and you know these kids in front of them it just boggles the mind Well, a Milwaukee judge who serves as the president of uh, this organization, uh, it's a foundation in Wisconsin, was arrested and charged with seven counts of possessing child pornography on Tuesday. Brett is his name, an elected judge uh, for branch five of the Milwaukee County Circuit Court, is also the president and CEO of the Cream City Foundation. Cream City Foundation brags openly about organizing Drag Queen Story Hour events in Milwaukee on its website, sponsoring the practice in which imp- impressionable youths are subjected to sexualized uh, and cross-dressing drag queens. Utterly insane that we would support this as a society. Boy, that's societies can't last long when it's gotten this bad. Um, there was that story. Then there was this story about Netflix. Now, I canceled Netflix a long time ago now. I don't know. I, I, I don't even know. A year ago, maybe? I can't remember when I canceled Netflix. But the last, when I did cancel Netflix, which I had for years, it was because of their mocking of Jesus. And their just relentless mocking of Jesus. Well, I saw an article on com today that says, Netflix show Paradise PD, never heard of it, uses... Quote, sex-loving Jesus to mock American gun owners. There's an image of our Lord on a crucifix holding Uzis uh, on the cross. This This is blasphemous. This is utterly insane. And it reminds me of the gospel today. And when Jesus is like slamming the Jews because they fail to recognize who he is and they fail to come to him, well... I think this is the result of that in society I did you guys ever even do you guys have Netflix no Nope. have you ever heard of the show no utterly I mean it's grotesque it's absolutely grotesque to see this uh, now imagine just imagine for a second if this this cartoon image depicted Muhammad what would happen then
0: right the double standard there is incredible and what, yeah. the, the cognitive dissonance of of persecuting one religion and not believing its persecution, um, with this over overly sensitive approach to every other faith
3: in the world, it's uh,
0: just a, a double standard.
3: It is so terrible. You know, it's it's hard. You know. The, the, I had a conversation years ago with an incredible Catholic donor and listener to Catholic Radio, very ardently pro-life, incredible guy, praise be to God, very faithful guy. He struggled with – at the time, our conversation was based around Amazon and what Jeff Bezos and his ex-wife would do with their money in supporting uh, LGBTQ causes and why we would buy products on Amazon still. And we had that conversation about, what? okay, what can you do? Can, is it okay, would it be okay to blacklist, to, to uh, stop giving your money to these organizations? Of course, the answer is yes. Of course, it is. It's is completely good in some ways to, to do that. But here's the other side of that same coin. One, you're not responsible for what Jeff Bezos does with his money. What Jeff Bezos does with his income is, is okay, for instance, let me give you an example you give you give a tip to a waiter at a restaurant you don't know what the waiter is going to do with that money you have no idea they could do something very evil with it or they could do something great with it you don't know either way it's not your It's at that point it's not your responsibility so on some level it's fine however i personally also believe i don't want to support organizations people i don't want to give my money to just every organization that's going to be doing evil things and, and act contrary to the faith but here's the other reality well my iphone Apple is not known for their for their high moral moral standard. Uh, my computer, well, Windows is not known. You know, Microsoft isn't known for their high moral standard. Uh, my internet connection, you know, at the house uh, is AT and T. Have a great reputation. I'm just curious. Um, f- y- y- there's so many companies. So I think what was it like last year? There was like a list of 500 uh, corporations around America that were lambasting uh, uh, Georgia for for their pro life stance or something. I can't remember the details, but I mean the reality is, I guarantee if you did a true inventory of all the organizations that you give money to somehow, some way, shape, or form, there most of them are going to have issues uh, from a moral standpoint. So having said that. I, so we have to pick and choose, right? So I pick and choose. I decide I'm going to give to some out of, I guess, necessity, and I, I'm going to decide not to give to others out of a, a, a sense of morality. And I've chosen Netflix to be on that list, and I canceled them. Uh, does that make me ho- uh, holy? Am I virtue signaling? Well, no. I hope not, anyway. That's not my goal or intent. But uh, to Netflix double is tripled down. In their in their blasphemous approach to our to our Lord and our faith, it is utterly insane. Um, to
4: Kathy, I mean not Kathy, sorry, Lori said uh, that you were going to explain confessors. Uh, so, if uh, did we, uh, Joe, go did ahead. you have more to say? No, go the, ahead. Okay, so wanted to make sure. Uh, let's see, it's quite a quite a large topic, which is why I didn't want to explain it on air a minute ago because um this is a, the confessor is one of the categories of the saints in heaven is one of, and so there are traditionally uh, i think uh seven categories of saints in heaven so you have your apostles and of course the apostles are those who knew christ in his lifetime uh minus judas uh which is a whole topic in itself um the and so the but they also add matthias of course because he was um replace judas and then uh they actually add barnabas which most people don't know and they added barnabas to the list of apostles because he accompanied saint paul and so uh, when you see the list of apostles in the roman missal uh barnabas is mentioned there and then of course saint paul was mentioned there as well even though he was not technically an apostle in life though he knew christ uh through the visions of christ um so that's about 13 apostles, I think, 12, 13, 14 apostles. So there's 14 apostles in the category of apostles in the Roman Missal. Uh, the next one is evangelist, and that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. A little bit of overlap because some of them are uh, both apostles and evangelist. Uh, but, you know, I think Mark and Luke are not uh apostles, but they are um evangelists so they're extra so they're the four evangelists then you have the martyrs the martyrs are those who are witness to the faith and were killed for the faith and so those people are said to have gone straight to heaven when they died so when they uh the martyrs were killed for their faith they go straight to heaven so when uh, god willing uh that would uh, god give us the grace to desire it and um and so those who are martyrs. So they're uh, those who are killed for the faith and witness of the faith. And it has to be an odia fide, which means in hatred for the faith. So if you're killed for political reasons, but you just so happen to be Catholic and you were at a Catholic event, you're not necessarily a martyr. It has to be an odia fide, in hatred of the faith. They have to kill you because they hate the Catholic faith. Um, and that makes you a martyr. Okay, confessors. So this is the one that we are talking about during the game show. Confessor. What is a confessor? A confessor is the uh those who have obviously confessed our lords and his life it was traditionally held uh in the early church that a confessor is th- as someone who was tortured for the faith um but was not martyred so they they call them nowadays we call them white martyrs so someone who is, suffers for the faith but doesn't actually die um those were considered confessors so i'm thinking of uh saints who like um uh, guess, Francis de Sales. Francis, Francis de Sales. Like mm-hmm. people who, who went through great suffering but ended up not being killed. Those were confessors. Though the category was in a broadened to all males who were, um, who confessed the faith and died in, uh, friendship with God. So that was like monks, brothers. Um, so all the holy men and, uh, men were considered confessors. And then you have the doctors of the church. So this is a very uh, elite category as well. You oh, have the actually, of that faith. would
0: be Francis de Sales.
4: Yeah, well, a lot of them have overlap. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you right. can be uh, in multiple categories. Um, so like a lot of the apostles are also martyrs. Actually, all of them, minus one, um, are also martyrs. Uh, St. John, I guess, would be a confessor, technically. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so then you have a doctor of the church. And doctors uh, are a very elite category. Uh, Chris said, would St. John Paul II count as a confessor? Yes, he would yeah. definitely be a confessor. Um, actually,
0: I think John is an apostle because there are liturgical— uh, uh,
4: John Paul II. I know,
0: but I'm oh, talking, oh, oh, about talking about liturgical. John, the only apostle who wasn't martyred. He, I think he would just count as an apostle.
4: okay. Yeah and then so then confess, and so uh then doctors so that's like Thomas Aquinas uh Francis de Sales um Teresa of Avila uh all the doctors of the church would be considered an a doctor of the faith uh, Fonz Robert Bellarmine, And then you have virgins. So virgins are basically the women, uh, who gave their life to Christ. And so they, uh, decided to give their life to, uh, Christ in a, in a, in religious life. So that's all the holy, uh, women who were, uh, religious sisters and were virgins throughout their lives. And then those who died, uh, for their virginity, which they would also be martyrs. And usually they are categorized under martyrs and not virgins. Or sometimes they'll say virgin and martyr. Um, and so then there you have it there, um, and then okay. So what about women who are not um, in that category? You have holy women. So holy women uh, is basically the equivalent of confessors for men. So holy women is the category of all women who are confessing the faith and um, are not martyrs and were not virgins. So mothers. Uh, so I'm thinking of um, Saint Galgani. What's her last first name? Gemma. Gem. No, no, no. That she wouldn't be. I oh, guess
0: no. She uh, would. Chiara.
4: Chiara. Ki- uh, no, I'm thinking of the one who was a nurse. Yes. I'm, Gianna
0: Ken- Brettimala.
4: There you go. Yes. There you go. Uh, she was, uh, she would be considered a holy woman. Uh, so all women who were not virgins, were not martyrs, uh, those would be under the category of holy women. And uh, that are all, that's all the main categories of the saints. Yeah, and you'll be really
0: familiar. I know Adrian and I are both familiar with these because from religious life, you pray the liturgy, the hours, and so you have to flip through those books to find the correct prayers for the day. And there are specific prayers every day in accordance with whatever saint's feast day or memorial it is. So.
4: Amen. So really important stuff. stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. And if you get a missile, you'll be able to see
3: all that. Yeah. Really really
0: complex. You don't have to know this stuff well uh, unless you are a religious, but it's good to know. It's fun to know.
3: Yeah. Praise be to God. Kathy, uh good morning again. Uh thank you. She says uh, congratulations to you and your wife on the birth of your grandson and on Saint Patrick's Day. Yeah, his name is not Patrick, his name is Edwin. Edwin. And uh so my my son and his wife Eva, they have uh, their first child is named Colwolf is how they pronounce it. It's spelled Wolf. and uh basically Chailwolf was a saint in Northumbria um 8th century? I I forget off the top of my head. But there's a, a link between St. Bede, Cheowulf, and Edwin. St. Edwin. And uh, so they've continued that little triumvirate there. Maybe they'll have a St. Bede soon. I don't know. We'll see. But praise be to God. Great kid. Beautiful child. Uh, very content, baby. I was just blows me away uh, how content uh, Edwin. He already lifting his head, got hair on his head. I mean, great kid. Nine pounds. Uh,
0: nine pounds? Yeah,
3: over nine pounds. Praise oh, be to it's God. Baby. My now, Col- it's my 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 youngest son, uh, Colby Thomas Joseph Pio. You mean All Saints? All Saints. Uh, he was ten pounds, I think.
0: Ten pounds?
3: Yeah, he was ten plus big pounds. Baby.
0: That's scary.
3: No,
5: <laughs>
3: I, it was easy for Joe. It I, it I hardly off. felt anything. The process. <laughs> I'm I'm teasing, of course. I was with my wife the whole time, and uh, but praise be to God, it went really well. Uh so oh, man. yeah, everybody, mom, dad, babies are all uh, recovering well today and uh content and happy, praise God. So our, our other grandson, Chale Wolf, was hanging out with with us. My wife had to get up at like two in the morning, you know, and uh she woke me up. She goes, Do you wanna go with me? I'm like, I gotta go to work <laughs> <laughs> in like an hour <laughs> So So I wasn't able to go with him, but uh she went over there and and it was a great time, great opportunity. Praise be to God. She was saying, because they were at a birthing center, they weren't at a hospital. Oh, cool. They were at the same birthing center that our last two children were born at. And my wife said there were three other moms delivering at the same time. You know, so it's this birthing center is like a house. So you're in, you have a living room, you have bedrooms all. It's like a slumber
0: party. You know, with so, pain.
3: so each of the bedrooms <laughs> No, it's great. So each of the bedrooms are like master suites. So they have oh. you know, they have like their own tu- like the huge tubs and it just it's very incredible. So my wife was saying in one of the other bedrooms where the mom was giving birth, as soon as the baby was born, she could hear the dad strumming his guitar. No ser- way. Serenading the baby. Oh, how cool is that? That's pretty cool. <laughs>
0: oh, my heart. <laughs> yeah.
3: Praise be to God. So uh, it was, it, it's, it, it's incredible. It's also hard to believe, Kathy, um, given that I'm only 18, that I'm a grandfather already. Uh, you mean I'm, 50? P- <sighs> Ouch. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Two grandkids, praise be to God, and um, gray hair, balding, and going blind. There you go. That's life. God's will be done. But I love my grandkids, and, my, uh, and the, my family's awesome, so praise be to Jesus. I just found the coolest thing. Um, I was looking for the
4: Litany of Saints because uh, Chris mentioned it, and I just discovered that there is a Litany of St. Dominic. What? What? Did you know that existed, Emily? No. Yeah. I'm like, how did I not <laughs> know this existed? I, I'm like, I'm so shook right now. This is beautiful.
0: Wow. You're going to send me that link. I am
4: going to post it right now. (laughs) This is like the coolest thing
3: ever. Okay, So for the sake of our audience, uh, let me just give you some background. Emily and Adrian um, have have what some consider an addiction (laughs) to the Dominicans and the Dominican life. I think it's Stockholm Syndrome. all (laughs) All things Dominican. So it, it is by sheer grace and a miracle that they even acknowledge that there are saints outside of the Dominican Order. There are other are saints. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, when we ask them who are your favorite theologians, they say plural. There's, you know, like, like you met Thomas, right? Like. There's, there's only one, right? That's, that's kind of Adrian and Emily.
4: Right? I am really confused right now. I have no yeah. idea what you're talking about. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so uh, all things Dominican all the time. That is Adrian and Emily.
4: This is the coolest thing ever. I, I'm just like blown away right now that I didn't know that this existed.
0: Hey, the Litany of Saints is super cool, though, and they always play that at ordinations. If you haven't listened to it, they have recordings on YouTube that are really beautiful.
4: Oh, my favorite thing. So, um, Valentine asked, Adrian and Emily, are you all in religious life? Uh, no, we are not in religious life, but me and Emily both were in religious life. Uh, Emily was a Dominican sister for, uh, she was a postulant for six Ann Arbor. months. For six months, yeah. Yeah, six months. Mm-hmm. And I was a Dominican friar. I was a, novice, uh so for a few months and uh we both discerned out of the Dominican friars in our back and that's why we're here. Um so that's why we ha- have a Dominican um vocational spirituality is that's, that's, that's how I say it. <laughs> Obsession Obsession <laughs> maybe that's how I um, say it. Anyway. But one of my favorite things in being in the Dominican convent was the um the fact that every night we would do the Salve Regina. Salve
0: Regina procession. Yeah, oh, Did so you ever beautiful. do it? Candle it?
4: Yes. Every time. Uh, and we would do on Fridays, we would do the Salve Regina procession with uh, the litany of Loreto in Latin. And so we chant it in Latin. And it is Santa so epic.
0: Genitrix, well, it's, well, for us,
4: it was like six octaves lower. And so it's just like.
0: I already put it six octaves like, lower. I'm an alto. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's like super deep. And it's just like. It just feels so, like, awesome. And so if you ever uh, get a chance it's to look it up. heavenly, yeah. Uh, maybe I'll look it up while uh, I pass the uh, mic off and play a piece of it. Duh. I don't <laughs> know. I just had to push it at he, least he, once. Joe's favorite button. He was, uh, he was button. dying to press uh, it. I, I pressed forgot. it, like, three times before had, the show started. I
5: had it all ready
3: to go. I was going to y- put the duh button into use today. And then I never pressed you it I could have used
4: it whenever someone asked about whether or not I was... Whenever Emily asked if I was cute. You could have just pressed <laughs> the button. Cute. See exactly.
3: Oh man, <laughs> um, do we have any other buttons we haven't used? Do we need a uh, new commenter sounder? And until then, you're going to get the, the 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 horns of judgment. Do
4: we have an okay M1? TikTok? Times up.
0: <laughs> we haven't used that one's kind of. So,
3: if you have never, commented, okay. Well, that's the routine of buttons, I guess. If you have never commented before. Let us know. Let us know you're listening and Please hanging know. out. And you're like, what is this after show stuff? It's just where we get more casual. We just talk and chat with you, our audience, because the radio side of our program uh, ends at the 30 after the second hour. So praise be to God. So wherever you're from, and if you're like from a far away, like 93, I think is from Russia. So that's pretty sure that's the farthest so far. We've had, we've had people on from Spain, Canada. Uh, I think 93 South is from Africa. Canada.
4: But... They're not Russian? He was speaking Russian. He was he, typing in Russian.
3: So he is Russian but living in Canada? I don't know if he's Russian I or not. He so. was just he was just typing in, in Russian, you come back, but buddy. he said he was Canadian. You, you got to help me understand, you Ninety three. I, I You got to come back and let us know. What's the skinny there? Are you Russian, just living in Canada? Are you from Canada and just with Russian ancestry? I, I got to know now. And Mr. Thomas is Nicaraguan, living in Florida. Yes. So praise be to God. So if you're a first-time commenter, let us know. And you will get a, 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 a custom sounder just for you. Uh, until Adrian comes up with something good, you get the horns of judgment.
4: Please, no. The, oh, the
3: horns oh, of the apocalypse. Ah, there it is. Have you heard these You Have you seen the videos? you got to find a video of the horns of apocalypse sounding through the air, especially in Jerusalem. There are some in Jerusalem as well. Sean, God bless you and God love you, brother. Have a great day. I pray for you. To endure Richard Reyna for as long as you are able. Offer it up as penance uh, for the salvation of your soul. That'd be great. You know, uh, speaking of which, th- there's like been no shares today. Normally we get like 15 shares on the Facebook side. And Patty's not here. Patty's Patty. not here this morning. Jesus. So a lot of our uh, our incredible insiders are are out today. But Valentin, God love you, brother. Thank you for sharing. We're very grateful. Sharing and uh, liking are two great things you can do over on the youtube side now today today is thursday so what happens on thursday is once we get off of the show which we'll be off here in a minute um, we actually begin recording a special edition of the sunday gospel reflection for the lenten season so we'll record that it's usually about 20 minutes long or so maybe a couple of extra minutes and then I send an email to the email list later today with the link to that uh, to that special piece of content. So all those that are on our email list are getting special content. If you're not on our email list, you can join our email list. There's a couple ways you can do it. You can go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt, and you can get to it that way. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. The other way you can do it is by pulling out your cell phone and texting the, the letters GRN to the number 42828. So you text GRN to the number 42828. And you can join the email list and you can get in on the email list very quickly, very easily. Now you automatically get a, a copy uh, or a, you get to watch the Father Bill Casey talk on the state of the union the church now and where we're going and what you need to be doing like you're going to get that immediately it's just a way of thanking you for joining the list and that's a pretty powerful talk it's about 30 minutes long it's incredible and then of course in the email you'll get tonight it'll have all the other uh Sunday gospel reflections we've done so far and some other content that we've produced it'll all have that in the email tonight so if you can join the email list that'd be awesome We'd be grateful to you. I'm very excited about the fact that we are now, our podcast is now available everywhere. Praise be to God. So do us a favor and make sure to subscribe. Lori, thank you for sharing. Praise be to God. We're grateful to you, Lori. Um, Yeah, the podcast being available is super exciting to me. So I'm very, very happy that that got done. What else is coming? Next week, we are going to have, it looks like we're trying to get E. Michael Jones on. That'll be cool. No, uh, he's already
4: booked he's i've never
3: i've never interviewed e michael jones before so that'll be fun awesome yeah praise be to god that'll be a new one still working on some other interesting names hopefully we'll get some lined up uh that are like you know fascinating i saw there was um uh, i want to cover some topics like immigration the border crisis um the green new deal from a Catholic perspective. I mean, I, I kind of want to cover some of that stuff, too. So we're working on finding guests for all of that. And we'll, we'll, we, we're will we lining them up as best we can as early as we can. But sometimes we don't line them up to like the day before. And there's advantages advantages and disadvantages, right? I mean, the advantage is you can be as fresh as possible that way because you're covering the news of what's happening right now. Uh, the disadvantage is it's stressful <laughs> to to uh, to try to hustle and get people on the hook for 6.35 a.m. Central, 7.35 Eastern every day. But by the grace of God, things have been working out. We've had some great guests. Today's Christine Niles, always insightful. And of course, um, Dr. Trusankos was wonderful.
0: I'm really excited for that documentary tonight.
3: Yeah. that's Did she say 6 Eastern? 6 Eastern. All yep. right. Praise be to God. Today's show... Lori says, today's show I'm sharing with friends who are concerned about the vaccine origin. Amen. We didn't even get into, with with Trusankos, we did not get into the other sciences that use aborted baby fetal DNA.
0: Yeah, it's all on childrenofgod.org. You can find the, Google
3: it. It's all the information's on the website. Like how uh, food companies use a DNA for aborted fetal DNA in order to, to customize flavors in your soda or your food let that sink in that is a thing children of God for life check it out alright well that's going to do it praise be to God my brain is shut off but we have to put it back to work because we're going to record that special piece of content on the Sunday Gospel and that'll go out by email so please do join the email list I hope you'll be back with us tomorrow morning 6 a.m. Central 7 Eastern we're going to have Raymond Arroyo on tomorrow to talk about his brand new book That'll be fun. Praise be to God. And we're thankful that you are still here. That means you are an incredible super fan of Catholic Drive Time, and we love you. God bless you. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern.
2: Thank you for joining us.